0: Welcome to Call Your Girlfriend, a podcast for long distance besties everywhere. I'm Amina Tuso, and I'm Ann Friedman. On this week's agenda, we are talking shine theory: what it actually is, what it in fact is not, examples of shine theory in the wild, how to practice it, and how it's changed as we've gotten older.
1: Hey, Ann Friedman. How you doing? Girl, I am doing great. I just got back from Mexico, so I am happy.
0: Yeah, we are both just off of some decent vacation time, like adult spring break. So it really was adult spring break. I love that. Adult spring break is going to bed by like 10 p.m. at latest and enjoying lots of time outside. (laughs) So real what are we talking about today okay I am very excited to have this conversation it is one that we've had in a meta way or in kind of like a side convo way essentially since the founding of this podcast we're gonna talk about shine theory who is she who is she great question the people want to know what is shine theory in more complex terms than just I want everyone to be my friend how do you define it
1: It's the operating principle of, like, our friendship, you and me. Mm -hmm. And it is also, like, a real, uh, and I believe this is on our website, like, a commitment to looking at the people in your life and thinking, like, would we be better as collaborators than competitors? Because that is often the frame that a lot of female friendship is, like, boxed into, right? Like, it's cute that you like each other, but everything is zero-sum game in life. And... I had found that that was not true in my life. I can't think of anyone that was a close friend that I was ever competing with or was competing with me. And also I find it really insulting that that is the only way that we have to talk about like women as friends.
0: Right. And I think that often it's not talked about in the context of friendship. Like often, you know, this notion of there is one other like often it's someone of your same demographic. Like if you're a woman, it's like another woman in the office Mm -hmm. that you've singled out and are feeling like if she gets this promotion or gets this attention or gets this recognition, then there is less for me. And I think we, at least in terms of how we publicly talk about shine theory, it was really born of a desire to negate that idea, right? To sort of say what, is really going to help you, even in a selfish way, not just, like, help this other woman or help the cause of feminism, TM, or, like, help all women, kumbaya, whatever, but really, like, the best thing to help yourself is to kind of say, like, let's look for an opportunity for allyship rather than presenting ourselves to each other as competition and, like, letting the men run around all
1: without being challenged off in the periphery. Right, basically, like, the notion is that anybody who is not a white man is always in competition with each other. It's 100 percent a scam of heteropatriarchy that tells you that. Right. It's like, while you people are fighting. The rest of us are just like like making stuff happen for ourselves. But the other reason that it also really annoys me is because the subtext, especially amongst women, is always that like women are not nice to each other. And if you have been like two minutes in a women's bathroom, you know that that is just not true. And somehow that line of like thinking just like persists, that women are just mean to each other. And I was like, is it true that some women are not nice to other women? Like, sure. Is it like a biological imperative that we feel like that's nonsense? That is a kind of modeling that I wish had been around when I was younger, because I definitely grew up in the mean girl years. That context for me, at least, is always important for remembering like why, why do I do the things that I do? We're living in a not that like different political climates have been easier or whatever. I just think that especially this time that we are living in, it is so important to remember like what it actually means to be in solidarity with people and to be an ally with people. And shine theory really cuts to the heart of that.
0: Yeah, I mean it's sort of like the golden rule applied to friendship and relationships in in a in a really concerted way, not just in a like be be kind to strangers way. Exactly. It's been now several years since we've been talking about this publicly, and one of the early critiques of Shine Theory, looking at you, Hannah Rosen, who wrote a piece for Slate, essentially saying whoa, 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 is this advocating for only befriending people who you think are powerful or who can somehow help your career or improve your life because they've got it all together? No. Was (laughs) was one fundamental misread. I think in part because we talk about it in the sense of like, if you feel a feeling like envy or competition, usually it's because you see yourself as an equal with someone or you see someone as like maybe like like slightly ahead of you whatever that means in some kind of career or life category and and so that's like when envy tends to crop up which is why we start talking about shine theory which is not to say that like the only way you should be making friends is if it's like someone who seems more powerful or you have something a possibility of gaining something from like think about our friendship right like we've been practicing this since day one when like let's be real neither of us were that powerful
1: Right. When every like we would go to happy hour and everybody would look over our heads to see who was more important than us, even though we are tall women. Yes, I remember those. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: right. And I, and I to, feel be like clear, th- to be
1: clear, to be we clear, we're still in those rooms.
0: <laughs> so that's also fine. But also like that idea of like we both took each other very, very seriously, even at a time when perhaps our like professional resumes or whatever did not reflect the great things that we were both capable of i think about that a lot right is like that is the essence of shine theory of like we are gonna see what's great and amplify that about each other and come up together not like i'm gonna find someone who's already doing great and fix myself to them
1: 100 percent. like shine theory is looking at your own friends and being like we are going to just like make things happen we talk a lot about shine theory with people who are younger than us i will say a lot of times not to say that it doesn't apply But I think that like something that you need to realize when you are a younger person, it's okay that you haven't figured a lot of shit out, especially like career-wise. I'm like, you're brand new here. Time is the only thing that gets you closer to a lot of people that you admire. It's like when you look at like other people and you're like, oh, this person has something that I want or whatever, or how do I get that? I was like, "Mm, you need like 10 more years and then you'll get here. Like that's usually what it is. If you don't break things and you work hard enough, you will probably get to that level. But I also think that like, part of shrine theory it's like being very realistic about your own resources and i think we've talked a lot about this on the podcast before this idea that like you everybody always wants a mentor at work and it's like there are too many people who need mentors and not enough mentors so like what do you do you look horizontally and you go who are my friends and what can we teach each other or who is my cohort and what can we teach each other it's just like very critical to knowing that you don't have to look very far to be inspired you don't have to look very far to like make shit happen for yourself it's what are you going to do with like where you are right now these are the resources that you have access to you know if you're not part of like you know the dominant successful white man demographic at work is that you also realize that like there's two ways to get ahead you can either like try to be a kiss ass and see how far that gets you you know or be the person that like always thinks that you're the exception to the rule and let's see how far that gets you Or you realize that actually if you start forming alliances across all sorts of people who are not the white man at work, generally you tend to like give each other more power because you have found a way to like build an alliance with people.
0: It's very easy to think about it as only limited to the one context you just mentioned, like the workplace context. I really think about it as my whole life kind of thing. It's like the the ways in which we are over the long haul of our friendship, supporting each other to really be our best. And sometimes that looks like what are you doing to look after your health or like, oh my God, you, you finally went to therapy. Good job for you. Um, you know, or, or like other times it is about supporting each other through making big life decisions and taking those as seriously and being in those conversations with the same mentality as we would when we're considering the same kinds of questions for ourselves. You know, like there's a reason why I think we talk about shine theory in the context of friendship and, and a reason why it's not like a totally neat fit with something like work wife or like something that has to do more with like work support and collaboration. Like it is, it is um, really easy to talk about it in the context of work and money. And that's how a lot of it plays out, but that is not exclusively where it is useful. Like we are bigger than capitalism. <laughs> wow. Um, what, a,
1: what a boldness <laughs> you don't think our friendship is bigger than capitalism <laughs> listen <laughs> now that you're asking the question I'm going to think about it um, but you know I'm glad actually that you're bringing this up because I think that like one fundamental misreading of shine theory it means that like you have to be friends with every single woman that you meet who asks for your help like you're a martyr to the cause of
0: helping everybody
1: and you mean
0: like if i send you a cold email asking for your help with something and you don't respond that means you're not practicing shine theory are you talking about that fallacy i'm talking about that
1: fallacy Uh but you know or that you're supposed to just like open yourself up to be available to everyone i was like no this is another way that like white dudes get ahead is that they're not helping everyone so relax that tension for me is always really interesting right of like where do you draw that line and so that's why i'm happy that you're saying that it is a it's a 360 (laughs) view of your life as opposed to just like bucketed into work or bucketed into friendship or whatever. Like where are you basically like deploying this in your life? I would like to believe that I'm the kind of person that is a cheerleader to most people in my life who need cheerleading. Like that's true. But I also know that I'm only one person. There are only 24 Beyonce hours
0: in the day. There are 48 Beyonce hours in a day, but yes. (laughs)
1: 72 Beyonce hours in a day. (laughs) and
0: That, you know, that you can't do everything. The reason why we wanted to talk about this this week in particular is twofold. One is that we recently revamped our Shine Theory website. ShineTheory.com. Indeed. And then also it has been in the news because all of these... Fantastic women in politics, most of whom are freshman congresswomen in this congress, have been bandying this term about a lot. So it is in the news even more than it has been in the past few years.
1: I am interested in talking about this because like you, I think that it's very cool. I can't believe I'm using the word cool. Who says that? It's a very cool. Like also very heartening to see that a thing that we talk about all the time like, it actually has legs, <laughs> you know? I know that that's going to sound wild to so many people because they have adopted it. It's also just been, like, very heartening to see how investment over the long term into helping people be their best selves actually is, like, it actually works.
0: Yeah, and I think that... um Recently, Alon Omar, who is a representative, a Somali-American representative from Minnesota, who was has been representing her district in Congress since January, she uh, appeared in conversation with the director, Ava DuVernay, in Interview Magazine. And she talked a bit about being part of this cohort of women in Congress and also about how she runs her own office. And she said... We understand what being in solidarity looks like. We understand what shine theory really looks like. So we uplift one another. We understand that my sadness is the sadness of my sisters here in Congress, and their success is my success. We're not fighting for the limelight. We're not fighting for acknowledgement. What we're fighting for is our people. That's the note on which she ends this conversation. So... Which is awesome and powerful, but also it's just a couple of lines, which I think is how shine theory is often discussed, sort of like shorthand for being in solidarity. And you and I have like more robust thoughts and feelings about what it means to practice shine theory, why it's important, how it can be difficult, and um, why it's more than just like having an office BFF.
1: Right. And I mean, and I love that that quote, honestly, is by a congressperson and that it is in the context of actually doing politics. Part of Shine Theory is that it is strategic, you know? And so when Elon Omar talks about being part of a cohort in Congress, those ladies know what they're doing. You know, there are more women who have been elected in this Congress than at any other time. They know that the the more they band together and the more that they push up against you know, the idea that only one of them is supposed to hog the limelight or only one of them is the only one who can pass legislation this year or whatever, they know that they can be more effective that way because they are part of a cohort. You and I are part of a cohort as well. Like we are engaged in the same kind of process. People who cold email us, you already have a cohort. You just either need to decide to call yourself that or you need to like join one that is accessible to you.
0: Yeah, I think I think what you're talking about is mutuality. The the whole thing about Shine Theory is I won't I don't wanna say it looks exactly 50-50 equal at every moment in time because it doesn't. There's gonna be some moments when one person is relying on the cohort or, like, another friend more than others. And then hopefully, hopefully though, over time, it does kind of balance out. But, like, the point is all parties have made kind of, like, an emotional and time investment in each other. And to me, that's really the big difference between shine theory and networking, right? Like, actually practicing it and being in that mode of mutual investment requires everyone involved to kind of, like, be putting into the pot, right? Like to be anteing up. (laughs) That's something that gets lost in a lot of like feel good, almost like marketing branding speak about shine theory. Like it's one thing to just say like, oh, we're going to all get together and it's going to be shine theory. And it's like, that's not actually true if it's a room full of strangers. I think there's potential for shine theory there, but that's very different than saying like, how are we really going to long-term invest in each other and help everyone get where they want to go?
1: Right, making a mutual investment in people also means that there needs to be a base level of trust, generally. What? And (laughs) I know, mind blowing. (laughs) And Uh, you know, it's so deep already. I love it. (laughs) I'm telling you that you you need to trust each other, or you are working towards developing that trust. I think that that's also just very important. All of this to say that it's really hard to be accountable to strangers. You have to actually make room to get to know people. And I do think that a lot of times that's where the friendship component comes in, right? Basically, if you're practicing shine theory with enough strangers and you guys are mutually invested, of course you are going to become friends. But it's also true that if you are also friends, you have a baseline of trust and you have a baseline of accountability that you can build on as, you know, you try to dismantle um, white
0: heteropatriarchy. Ugh. Let's take a little break and then we can talk a little bit more about what uh, shine theory actually looks like some of our favorite examples and also some like maybe pitfalls or threats to it or like what it isn't because I think in some ways that's the easiest way to understand something is to be like that isn't it.
1: One of her favorite examples of shine theory is the marathon runner, Shalane Flanagan, who she won the New York city marathon in 2017. She's like an iconic runner and is great. Basically after her marathon win in 2017, New York city local paper, New York times reported <laughs> uh, a small paper you might've heard of reported. Basically that part of her training strategy is that she trains and encourages pretty much like all the other women distance runners And she built a group of training partners. And to be clear, because this is a sports example, these are actually women that are in competition with each other. You know, And it's really good to put in context with, like, your beef with the lady at the copy machine because (laughs) nobody's winning Olympic medals here. Oh, my God. I love that you think there's still copy machines. There's still (laughs) copy machines. And I was in an office recently. Is that a metaphorical
0: (laughs) copy machine? (laughs) (laughs)
1: There's still copy machines. And so but the thing that I loved about the reporting, and this was the quote, it was like every single one of her training partners, 11 women in total, had made it to the Olympics while training with her. So she actually, like, found a group of women who would help her run better. And obviously, like, they are in competition with each other, but they become better runners for it. Everybody is winning. Everybody is going to the Olympics. And everybody has, uh, you know, like, they've leveled up their running career. And this is an example that I really, really like because, you know, it touches on a lot of things that I like.
0: I also love, okay, so... I don't, I am, you know, I'm not a sports oriented person like that. That is not my world (laughs) orientation. But one thing I love about, about sports examples that have to do with shine theory is that they are so concrete. I mean, like this is so perfect. They showed up every day or I have to imagine it was nearly every day to train together as partners, you know, training partner and therefore all got closer to the goals that they had. And so when we talk about mutual investment and actually putting in the time together, as equals it's like literally they showed up at practice i mean this is not how it looks with all things in life but like thank you sports for being like so obvious in how yeah and your personal record is
1: down you actually see improvement on your goals you know what i mean like the goals are also really concrete and
0: so that's a really nice um this is a really nice illustration yes it's really good. Another example that we talk about a lot and really love comes from the Obama White House. Do you remember that, when Obama was president? What? <laughs> in this lifetime? Uh, um, anyway, there was a, a group of women who, who worked in the Obama White House who were very much outnumbered at senior staff meetings. Not like any one of them was the one in the room, but they were outnumbered enough that they clearly could feel that they adopted the strategy that they called amplification. So like as talking again about concrete practices of shine theory and what they did, they told the Washington post essentially when one woman in the room made a point or said something, they other women in the room would say, oh, I love Amina's idea, like echo that and underscore the fact that A, that idea had been put forth and B, that it had come from a woman in the room because who has not had that experience of being one of very few women in a room and have try to make a point or say something only to have a man who's sitting nearby make the same point five minutes later and have everyone respond quite differently. Just and to this piggyback
1: is the, on what Anne said. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. I know they called it amplification because piggybacking is like too a horrible office jargon. Uh, um What I love about this is it takes this really concrete problem where you could have a scenario in which women are fighting to kind of like exclusively own credit of an idea. I mean, I don't think that anyone's White House environment is anything less than like cutthroat. I can't even imagine the office politics in like the Oval Office. You haven't Um, watched
1: the West Wing? What?
0: I mean, I I can't. Listen, I'm not giving Aaron Sorkin credit. And I'm trolling you. I am 100% Uh,
1: trolling you and you fell for it.
0: (laughs) I, you do not want to hear my rant about Donna again. So I'm just going to like set it (laughs) aside. (laughs) Uh, um, But, but what I love about this is like concrete problem, women not getting credit for their ideas, concrete solution that came from a cohort of women. And you know, this, this expectation that it is not just like, oh, that one time I said, did everyone hear Amina just piggybacking, but like literally as a practice, as an ongoing way of addressing a kind of way that injustice plays out in an ongoing way as well. Like brilliant, brilliant, brilliant use of the solidarity born of shine theory.
1: Another example that we love comes from Congress where um, Katie Hill, who is a rep from California, really she knew that it was Ayanna Presley who is the first black woman rep from Massachusetts, I believe. She really knew that it was Ayanna Presley's like, dream, 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 dream to get the same Capitol Hill office that Charlie Shisholm had. And the way that you get an office in Congress is that it's some sort of lottery system for the freshmen. Katie Hill was like, had a higher number in the lottery, which meant that she would get called first. This is just like the NBA draft,
0: but for offices. Can you believe it? Would watch it live. I would watch this live on C SPAN.
1: <laughs> oh my God. And don't give C SPAN monetization ideas. <laughs> I mean, or maybe do give it to them. They need them. <laughs> Katie Hill gave up her spot so Ayanna Presley would get the office that she wanted. Shirley Chisholm. So obviously it has like huge historical importance for Ayanna Presley, and it also has like a personal significance. And I love that Katie Hill gave up her spot for her like that was actually like sacrifice. I'm sure that offices in Congress are not that lit or exciting. But the note that she tweeted at her was, like, very cute. She was like, no doubt you're going to do amazing things from that office. I am excited to serve with you. And I think that, you know, part of Shine Theory, like, it does involve, like, giving up your spot for other people sometimes. Or, you know, sacrificing things so for, the, for the larger good or for the, you know, for the greater story of the cohort. And I just, I really, really, really like this
0: example. I think what I love about that too is it is not, yes, it is a work context, but like really that's not what it's about. You know what I mean? Like what office you sit in, that's a personal significance issue. And so she's not just looking out for wanting to help Ayana Presley like do her job better. She's like, oh, I know that this is personally meaningful to you and I want to help you get something that's personally meaningful to you. And like, that's another reason I love that example. It, lo- it looks on its face like work, but really it's more about personal support and solidarity.
1: Ah, personal support and solidarity what what can't you do without it
0: okay here is another great example i think that another manifestation of shine theory is like what we always call skin in the game like the idea of extending yourself or using the privilege and power that you have to benefit other people in your cohort or people that you're practicing shine theory with so first example is another sports one the williams sisters who we love who are obviously at the tippy tippy top of their game who are like winning all of that prize money and therefore like you know directly invested in women's Prize money being equal to men's at all of these major competitions that they are slaying, right? But I think what's noteworthy about them is that they are also advocating, like, for across the board increases in the way women are compensated in their sport. And they are being transparent about the fact that they're not just grateful, hey, I love that I won, or like, hey, I wish I got paid more for this. But, like, even in areas where they are not winning, or like, you know, at times when they are not directly in competition. They are advocates for, like, a fair dollar amount, which extends to people who are their little, literal competition as well, right? Like, they understand mm-hmm. that their success is not just, like, their success. They're going to take the prize money and run. They're like, we want to leave a better legacy, and we want things to be better for people who are in this world with us across the board. I
1: love that. Love the Williams sisters forever and ever and ever. So what are things that, like, Shine Theory is not, Anne?
0: It is not networking. You don't just like meet someone in a sad hotel lobby with like, you know, a like plastic glass of Pinot Grigio in your hand and go like, oh yeah, shine theory. Cool. And then like go your separate ways, put their like business card in your pocket or like, take their email address and never speak to them again. Like that is really, or, or like cold email them five years later and ask for something like that is not shine theory. Just trying to kind of like add to a Rolodex of people who you think might be generally feminist or something like not shine theory. Um, that's a right. big one. And this
1: is, thank you for making that point because this is seriously why fempowerment is just like weaponized.
0: What is fempowerment?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, there's a reason that we're not running like uh, Shine Theory conferences that you could come to, you know, or (laughs) that we're not on the speaker. True. And it's not to say that like we haven't had those opportunities. Like we're not on the on the speaker circuit, like going to every big bad corporation saying like, here's how Shine Theory can help you recruit more women in your business. And here's how it can. There are like clear reasons that this doesn't work. Shine Theory is antithetical to like bullshit fan empowerment. Mm hmm. It goes back to the mutual investment and to the trust and to the and to building a cohort. And you can't do that if you are doing it in service of, like, bullshit, like, nine-to-five job capitalism. Like, it's just not going to happen. It is about leaving a legacy. It is about, like, pushing against, like, bigger systems of oppression. And it really is about being in solidarity with people. And so it just does not work. So Shine Theory is not... It's not a conference where you learn how to be uh, a propo- how to like do shine theory.
0: <laughs> I also think that it's important to say that shine theory is not this kind of like feelings purity and I'll explain what I mean. It's like if you subscribe to shine theory, like you and I we practice shine theory with each other all the time, that doesn't mean I never feel any level of jealousy or envy or like, I never feel bad about my own work or about my own life. Like feelings are feelings and you're going to have them. And like, just because you are feeling some kind of way about yourself or about someone who, um, who is a friend or someone in your cohort, like that doesn't, that doesn't run counter to shine theory. I think um, feelings are going to happen. What does run counter to shine theory is if you let those feelings become a driving force for your action. So it's like the difference between I feel jealous and I'm going to have an honest conversation about what that means for what I want for my career or I feel jealous and I'm going to like take a beat and consider where that's really coming from versus I feel jealous and I'm going to try to undermine or maybe isolate myself from this person that I feel jealous of, right? Like it's it's this kind of gap between, this is why we talk about practicing shine theory. You can have, you can feel all kinds of way about the world. The world is terrible and hard and difficult. Feel your feelings. But like how you act on those feelings, um, like shine theory is a way to kind of think about reacting to those things in a way that is productive and like frankly healthier if you are trying to build relationships, especially with other women. Mm-hmm. All right. What else is it not? Shine theory is definitely not if you
1: are somebody who works in a corporation, specifically at a tech company, asking other women to work for free in the service of like doing something for women, i.e., you know, like Valentine's Day or Women's History Month or whatever. Like that is not shine theory.
0: Whoa, you mean when I ask you to do my diversity work for me? That's not shy. very. Yeah. <laughs> when you ask
1: people to do your diversity work for you or if you work at a company that you know like has a lot of money and you just ask people to do things for free, you should really ask yourself why it's okay that you're printing money in the basement, but when it comes to things like diversity and inclusion, your company is not willing to pay for them and how you are complicit in that.
0: Yeah. And I think that that answering a question like that, you can really lean on the, is this mutual, right? Like, you know, for me, it's like if I have done a lot of professional favors for someone or like we are actually close and we understand the dynamics of each other's careers, I don't feel bad about asking them to like look over something I've written or like connect me to someone else, like because I've already made an investment in them, and vice versa. You know what I mean? Like like I think that those asks mean something different if you are really in a mutual relationship. And um and where you have to be careful is like calling it shine theory if it's not truly mutual investment. Um what about disagreements, particularly between women? Does that mean you're not practicing shine theory if you disagree? No, disagreeing is like very
1: good and healthy. You know I love disagreement.
0: I know. <laughs> I mean, that was a softball.
1: That was a softball. I know. You're, it's a troll, Anne. You're trolling me. Listen, you hit um, me with
0: the West Wing. I give you the is it okay to disagree, like, lob.
1: <laughs> it's totally okay to disagree. I think that it really depends also what the disagreement is about, right? It's like somebody not giving you what you want. It's, mm, I would say most of the time that's not a disagreement. <laughs> <laughs> that's dissatisfaction. <laughs> right. It's also good, I think, to remember that, you know, just because we're ladies doesn't mean that we have to be fragile. And that actually like one of the ways that we sharpen each other and that we teach each other things is by um, it's not in those moments that we have similarities. It's like where the differences come in, like the differences are what make you sharper. And so I think that it's always really important to listen to that. And it's also like good not to be like a, not to be like a snowflake. Wow. (laughs) Having a strong backbone is the only thing that is going to get you through life like unscathed. So, you know, get into it. Like it's good for you. It's a good kind of vitamin. I support this.
0: Yeah, and I think that goes hand in hand with honesty, right? Like, so you brought up trust earlier. You really cannot practice shine theory with someone who you don't have trust with. And if you're not being honest with each other, how do you trust each other? And honestly, if you never disagree about anything, you're not being honest with each other. (laughs) So (laughs) I really... I feel like we can just, like, trace the line back out and say, like, like, it is okay. And I think, again, like, some of that is just what you do with it, right? Like, if you can acknowledge that you're having a disagreement or that you're having some like less than posi feelings about your relationship or about how a certain interaction happened, then you can talk about it and like reaffirm your commitment to actually practicing shine theory or like things like trusting each other. Whereas if you sort of ignore that it's happening and do like a slow homer fade into the bushes, there is no opportunity for that. Yep. <laughs> no disagreement about that. No no, disagree- no disagreement. Do you feel like the way you practice shine theory has changed for you now that you are like deeper in your career? Does it look and feel different than it did when you were first starting out?
1: You know, in some ways it's it's the same. Like the mechanisms are the same where I and I really love like early on that. You know, there were just like some things that I knew I always had to do. Like one of them was always if I turned a job down, like always recommending somebody else that I knew for it that would be good at it, you know, and and things like that. I think that the thing that has changed is that one, I just feel more confident generally. I'm just like, okay, like I know what I'm doing. (laughs) In the beginning, it was a lot of like, we're going to take over the world. What are we doing? (laughs) You know, And I think in the beginning, it was a lot of like psyching each other up. And then with a lot of wins, like, and a time, honestly, just comes more confidence. A thing that has changed is that I definitely feel, I don't feel as helpless as I used to. And that's also just true. I'm like, I have acquired like a minimally small amount of power since then. So like, that's fair. But I think that I just have bigger goals now, too. So that's the new challenge. And I think about scale a lot more than I used to. So I think like the answer is yes and no. It just depends.
0: What about you? I think it's changed for me a lot, which is one reason why I asked you that. And I think I really relate to what you're saying about sort of as you gain power and confidence, the ways that you practice shine theory and lean on people in your life have evolved. I definitely felt a lot more... I would say totally unproductive jealousy in like very early on in my career when the gap between what I felt I was capable of and what I had been actually given the opportunity to do was much, much wider than it is now. And not that I was ever like staying up well into the night grinding my teeth with jealousy, but like, you know, like, like I, I definitely do not experience that feeling anymore. Like I have, I have aged into the kind of like everyone's in their own lane doing their own thing. And if I'm jealous, I feel a feeling of jealousy, it usually means that I just need to like shift my lane or a part of what I'm doing closer to what that person is doing. Like I don't see it as like they got a thing that I can't have now. Like I have a healthier view of that. Mm-hmm. But I also think that the kind of dilemmas I have related to it have to do with... I don't want to say that my the network of people I practice shine theory with is fixed, like no ins, no outs, but like as... Time has gone on, there are only so many Beyonce or normal hours in a day, and only so much time and space I have for people. And a lot of, you know, like I've been working now long enough that I like a like a beautiful snowball rolling down the hill have picked up lots of people that I practice shine theory with. (laughs) And so, you know, if you're really thinking about the mutuality question of like how am I, how am I being like a true shine theory partner with those people. It's like, there's just less space to meet someone new and add them to that group in a way that feels meaningful. And so I think that that is like, like a little bit of a, of a struggle. I mean, I think it's sort of an inverse relationship with power. Like when I, I had very little power, I had a lot of feelings related to that. And now that I have more power, you know, professionally and in my life and other ways, like thinking about um, how I use it and in service of what, and, is a different kind of challenge. I will say that like the the feeling, and I don't know if you've experienced this too, like as I get more kind of secure and stable, I guess, in my life and in myself and in my career, feeling like I can really... Make a meaningful positive difference in the lives of people I practice shine theory with. Like, oh, like you have a book out. I can like you can come on the podcast and talk about it, or like we can strategize together like what you want to write to support it. Like things like that. That like you know using the skill set and like the platforms that like I have now feels really really good. Like I love that, and I love being able to ask people who now have super deep expertise and all these different things to help me out when I when I need it because like that's just great. Like the long-term rewards of shine theory and kind of like coming up together is like, I can't, I can't wait to see what that feels like in another 30 years because it feels very good now. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) You don't feel good. boo boo. You don't feel good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, listen, I really agree with that. And I think that that's kind of what the beauty of the cohort is, right? Is that you start off somewhere. And a thing that I have really enjoyed is just like, watching the people that are in you know that are in my own cohort like just like watch them become more confident watch them become deep experts in a thing watch them become like really good at something because I remember when the fear was that they would never get there right and it's like oh it actually didn't even take that long to get here there's still endless road to explore and you've already hit like such high milestones that is a really really good feeling.
0: I agree. And again, like this is why we say like mutual long-term investment. It's like we are not cashing in these in- or cashing out these investments yet. Like we're just watching them rise. <laughs> I love that.
1: Right. You know, and I think that the other thing too that's really good about that is listening to you say that, you know, you're happy that you have a platform where you can like host your um, you know, your friends who are experts or whatever. The inverse of that is also true, is I was like, Well, damn, you know, like I'm working on things and I'm so happy that my pals have like have have figured it out now you know like they also have platforms to offer me and they will sit down with me and help me figure out like what is the best way to to make something that I'm doing make it even better and it's just like that's the part of the give and take that is like really really cool. Uh, wow! I've now said "cool" twice today. Who am
0: I? Who are you? I. This is like this is a uh, post vacation you. Just like using I know, the word cool. "I just sound, I just I just sound like an
1: old dad. You know, I'm just like, oh, isn't it so cool? All your little friends. <laughs>
0: like, isn't Shine Theory cool?
1: <laughs> that's how I feel. Oh, stop it. It's also just like always a reminder to me that. Being young is just a foolish game because these are the parts of like getting older and watching time pass that are, it's just like very, very rewarding. We're like, okay, cool. Like I remember, cool. I said it again. I remember a time and where we used to sit around and we were like plotting what we wanted to do or, you know, had these like goals that seemed so big then. And now we've like lapped them 10 times over. And, that feels amazing to me that we watched each other do that.
0: I feel really, I feel very emotional when you say it like that. Like I can picture the exact dirty couch where we've, we had these conversations Exactly,
1: like <laughs> dirty couch, no bra, like dropping hummus on everything, you know, like <laughs> not being invited to a thing or just like living our boring lives, you know, not to say that my life is, it's <laughs> exciting now, but just like, you know, that feeling of like, you really want something, you just really want it. And, You don't know if you're ever going to get there. And it sounds so foolish to like think that when you're 25 and it's like, well, welcome. Now you're there and you have now you have different problems. And also on a happy note, you you have like bigger challenges to get to.
0: And so it just feels less impossible. It also feels less impossible when you do it with people by your side. 100% I also different problems a memoir I would read about just all the problems in different stages of life (laughs) oh my gosh don't you think this
1: I think about this all the time like I remember I remember a time where I wanted kind of the life that I have now and truly it felt like like you could have told me that I I would meet a Martian first and I would have believed that more and then now that I'm here I'm very aware that there are just times that I am not grateful enough you know, and I don't have enough compassion for myself and I'm not, um, I just, you know, like you just forget you like grind so hard and then you get to a level and then you're like, ah, like there's the next thing that I want. And you don't take a moment, a moment to pause and be like, damn, I did that. (laughs) I like actually did that. And because I did that, it means that I will probably do the other thing too. And it just, I don't know. I just, that's my problem. I never take enough time to be thankful and to really reflect and to have a little bit of compassion for baby Amina. So I'm trying to do that more.
0: But what's also funny in hearing you say that is like, yeah, like I knew you in the era when you thought that this wasn't possible. And not that I wasn't, um, you know, compassionate toward your feelings about how far away it seemed, but I was like, oh yeah, obviously you'll get there. Like like this is my 100% not surprised face where I was, <laughs> I was more shocked like in you know you know 10 years ago when it was like people were looking past you at parties or whatever just being like who are these total dum-dums like why are they not like losers and total exactly. losers exactly i guess what i'm trying to say is i have always been like team amina's best life tm like since day 1 <laughs> and so therefore i am like very happy to hear you say that but also i'm like mhm yep yeah knew this was going to happen uh huh you know like i don't really feel the same level of like shock at it and like that's like the- that is i think something Something that um i don't know beautiful shine theory moment of just like i i always knew you would get here
1: listen but this is why i think it's so important to do this journey with people because those people are your witnesses when you don't remember those are the people that will remind you so thank you for reminding me
0: always here to remind you forever and ever We made it.
1: (laughs) We made it to a middling podcast. Yeah. I thought you were going to start singing. (laughs)
0: Looks like we made it. Um, (laughs) Listen,
1: you know, that's in my heart. I know it's
0: in your heart. I'm like the country, the country ballad for this moment is what's in your heart. Um, the, yeehaw, the yeehaw has not jumped out today it didn't jump out but I know it's in there like that's all I'm saying <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh. go to theory.com if you need any more information uh, and I'll see you on the internet boo boo see you on the internet you can find us many places on the internet on our website callyourgirlfriend.com you can download the show anywhere you listen to your faves or on apple podcast where we would love it if you left us a review You can email us at callyrgf at gmail.com. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at callyrgf. You can even leave us a short and sweet voicemail at 714-681-2943. That's 714-681-CYGF. Our theme song is by Robin. Original music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker-Riggs. Our logos are by Kenesha Sneed. Our associate producer is Destry Maria Sibley. This podcast is produced by Gina delva